This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Good morning. Good morning. So about 15 years ago, I was undergoing the process of becoming a priest of the Episcopal Church. This was uh, uh, towards the end. I was already in seminary. I was about to graduate. And it was in front of one of my last commission on ministry meetings where they were going to approve me to be deacon and, and to approve me to become a priest. So there was this one interview where a priest who was sitting directly across from me on the table was asking me some very directed questions. He was by far the one in that room who asked some of the most difficult questions in this interview process. Now that's not a criticism, but rather a compliment because he seemed to be the only one really interested, not in who I was in the past or how I got to where I was, because trust me, they ask you that a lot, <laughs> the whole time as you're going through this process. But rather, the questions he asked me were concerning the type of priest I was about to become. His questions were concerned about the future of the church. They were practical and forward-thinking questions. And so I answered them as truthfully as I could. But I never got a sense, or at least then, whether or not they were the answers he was looking for. All I got to the questions and my answers was a simple, stoic nod indicating he was done with the questions. That's it. And it wasn't until a month later when he called me up and offered me a job that I realized <laughs> the answers were exactly what he was looking for. So the questions he asked have always stuck with me, and they're questions that are always whir whirling in my head. He was not concerned of the old ways of the church or how we had done things in the past. They were forward-thinking questions. And if you don't know this yet, in a few short weeks, we will be culminating this year with our 175th celebration, where we are celebrating being part of this community for 175 years. Put that into your mind. That's from the very beginning of Austin. <laughs> we will celebrate our past, but we will also delight in what the future holds for us, perhaps the next 175 years. When I think back to why I decided to take this position as your associate rector, I recall how welcoming and accepting the people of St. David's were and are. It was a church that focused on others outside these four walls on servanthood, on serving each other, that in my eyes had what Paul calls this mind of Christ, in which he spoke of to his letter to the Philippians today. I was excited to be part of a church that was not comfortable maintaining the status quo and willing to change and move forward towards a new future. One of the things that I have learned in being part of a church that holds tradition as a key piece of our foundation is that just as it's important 
to make the church strong, it can also be a barrier that holds us back. And one of the reasons I love the Episcopal Church is that it's willing to push up against those traditions sometimes. It means that when you try to do something new or different, you will most likely be confronted with resistance. So to me, there's no surprise that Jesus is met with resistance when he begins to challenge the own church of his time and the hypocrisy that he encounters. The gospel for today reminds us that if we're to continue to do God's work and on God's authority and not on our own agenda, then we constantly need to be asking ourselves on whose authority are we doing what we're doing. Now, in the verses just prior to the gospel lesson you heard today, Jesus has just confronted the religious leaders of his day. You know the story, the one where he sees all the folks selling and trading in the temple, and he throws the tables. It's that story. <laughs> and he had just called the temple itself a den of robbers and then cursed an unproductive fig tree which is a metaphor for the fact that the church was not doing what it's supposed to be doing, its purpose. The point is surely being made here again within the gospel text for today. The chief priests see themselves as the authority granted to them by their tradition and by the Romans who are occupying the land. The reality is that they have blinded themselves to the true source of all authority, which of course is God. They are more concerned with the politics of the day, keeping their status, and with the Roman authority than they are with God's authority. And because of this blindness, they are unable to see the new thing that God had done through John the Baptist and now through Jesus. The irony, of course, in all this is that the tax collectors and the prostitutes the bottom of the barrel, so to speak, do not do see and end up responding. They have their hearts and their minds changed. Now the vineyard today is God's kingdom. So when Jesus tells this parable, he tells something about those who do God's work and will versus those who choose not to. Now Douglas Hare, who's a biblical scholar, says this, he says, we say we are going to work in the vineyard, but instead of harvesting grapes, we spend time rearranging stones on the path. I think he's trying to say is if our dogma and our doctrine are word perfect, but our words and our thoughts and ultimately our actions end up being cold, judgmental, and exclusive, then we're not doing God's will. It's better to be a tax collector or a harlot who has turned his or her life around and reoriented themselves towards God's grace than a self-righteous Pharisee, whether it was 2,000 years ago or if it's here today. Today's gospel lesson is actually a pivotal moment in Matthew's gospel. Jesus has just entered the gates of Jerusalem and he's directing himself to the cross. It's indicating something new 
amazing is going to happen. But through this simple parable, Jesus is inviting the Pharisees, and all of us for that matter, into the future. One that restores, one that heals, one that resurrects, and one that makes all things new. Now we know the outcome, don't we? We know the stories. The chief priests and the others in power refuse that future and end up holding on to their power and to their past. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes embrace Jesus' promise. And Jesus invites us to do the exact same thing. No matter what we have done or not done, no matter what harm may have done, been done to us in the past, Jesus reminds us of what the future holds, and that's promise and hope for something new and better. In today's parable, Jesus imagines more room in the kingdom of God, and that seems like particularly good news for me. We live in a time of so much division. However, I actually find hope, and I'm reminded that beneath all those differences, there's this common piece that ties us all together. And that is that we are all children of a God. A God who loves and is speaking with us right now. Now if you recall the opening hymn we sung today is one of my favorites. And it reminds us that we are all children of the light. That in Christ Jesus, both the day and the night are alike. There's more similarity than differences. And being reminded of that might encourage us to take a little bit more time to listen to each other, to try to understand each other, and to listen for God's calling for us to be together. Through this parable, Jesus' ministry becomes once again this window through which we see the true nature of God. How do we ensure that, we are, that the work we are doing today and the lives we are transforming today continue into the future? In a world that continues to see the church less and less authoritatively, how do we continue to put on this mind of Christ and continue to be at the forefront of what the mission of the church should be? Well, I imagine the first step means to do and to continue the work that Jesus did. Perhaps it means stirring the pot a little bit, maybe taking some risks, perhaps challenging the status quo. Perhaps it means challenging the Pharisees of our day today, whoever they may be. It means we need to continue to think outside this box, these four walls, and enter the world so that we might be Christ's light to others. In the end, it's God's will, God's work, and God's authority is what should be driving us forward. I imagine that just like the prostitutes and tax collectors and the Pharisees, some will follow and some won't. However, I am hopeful that we can all be like the first son who changes his mind and then has a change of heart to follow Christ or as our opening hymn said, to walk as children of the light and to live into a wide and abundant margin of grace for everyone.
And as we grow in faith and in relationship with God and with each other, may we find clarity in our call and courage to follow. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.